This is Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition from WGCU. I'm John Davis. Thanks for joining us. We Contain Multitudes is the title of an exhibition now in the main gallery at the Alliance for the Arts in Fort Myers through February 24th. It's a collaborative exhibition of works by visual artists and Pine Island residents Deb Zwetch and Zan Lombardo that's been more than a year in the making. Pieces in the show represent a broad spectrum of mediums from liquid silk dyes, wearable art, watercolor, and mixed media, largely inspired by and depicting Southwest Florida's unique subtropical flora and fauna. Other pieces in the show reflect some of the destruction brought to the Barrier Island community by Hurricane Ian in 2022. The exhibit includes works by the artists individually and works created by both artists collaboratively. And both artists join me live today in studio. Debs Wetch is an artist, designer, and marketing expert working in multiple mediums. She hand-paints art pieces and wearable art on silk and eco-friendly fabrics through her clothing line Z-Wear. She also creates paintings and photos promoting environmental concepts Conservation. Deb Z, welcome to Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition. Thank you so much, John. Good to be here. And Zan Lombardo is a lifelong watercolor painter and poet who has become known for her large-scale works on scrolls, some up to 30 feet in length. She's also a retired arts educator who spent decades teaching students in Illinois and Pennsylvania. During her time in education, Lombardo received a prestigious Golden Apple Award. And her art has garnered other awards as well, including the Robert Rauschenberg Power of Art Award and the National Energy Foundation's Igniting Creative Energy Award. Board. Zan Lombardo, welcome back to Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition. Thank you so much, John. It's nice to be back. And to engage with us and your fellow listeners about this conversation or any of our shows, find us on Facebook. We're at WGCU Public Media. On X, formerly known as Twitter, we're at WGCU. Use the hashtag GCL. So first of all, tell me about how this exhibition came together conceptually, because I, I mean, this has been in the works for quite some time. Did you approach the Alliance about doing a collaborative exhibition? Did they approach you? How did this come about? Well, Deb and I had applied for an uh, artisan residency at Dry, Tortug- Dry Tortugas for the um, National Park Service. And we wanted to do a collaborative show based on our work from there. But we didn't get the residency. So... We applied to Alliance for the Arts, and they granted us this wonderful opportunity to show our work together. Right. And in my cyber stalking of you in preparation for our conversation, (laughs) um, I came across a social media post about this camping trip or glamping trip you guys took. Beautiful spots along the Colorado River in uh, Glenwood Springs. So I get the impression you guys are are close friends as well as collaborative artists. And I don't know how else something like this could work, working so intimately with someone in in such a specific way, you know. Well, Well, we are close friends. We both live on Pine Island. We're both artists. We hang out in the same art circles. Now, I was going to say that um, it's been three years in the making. And, um, you know, we knew of each other's uh, work. And then we um, used to, like, exchange photos and then do, you know, just, uh, you know, fun flash paintings, you know. And um, when this opportunity came up and, and Zan asked me to collaborate, I was like, I'd love to. I used to teach also, and I used to have, like, wonderful classes where I did a lot of collaborative work with my students. So I was, like, really looking forward to this. And I just want to note that the origin of this was this 
the first time we got together, Zan um, found this picture of a, a cell taken by, um, you know, a very high, um, right, caliber uh, microscope. Right. And that was really, I mean, if you think about it, that was like the origin of the whole entire thing. Of course, Ian happened. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, you know, as all of us, especially on Pine Island for us, it was devastating, and yet, you know, we worked through it through our work. Yeah. Um, Zan, I, I, I was reading about you actually taking on a project where you took a, a generously donated motor home to someone on the island who'd lost their home. <laughs> um, and it was a nice thing, but it was, you know, kind of dull looking, and you turned it into a piece of art. Right. We called it the magic bus. <laughs> and uh, I, I mean, I wasn't planning on getting into this a little bit later in the conversation, but one of those large scroll watercolor style pieces you've become known for is included in the exhibition. And I, I took a panoramic photo of it. And it's if you go to WGCU.org slash GCL, you can see that. But the photo does not do it justice. It's a very affecting piece. Well, um, we did it collaboratively. Tell me about yeah. yeah. T- tell me about that piece yeah. in particular. Well, I mean, that was right after Ian, and um, I mean, I'm just going to say this, like, I I feel like we were just moved to do it by the spirit or whatever, and um, we both have really small studios, so the funny part about it is we would do, like, eight feet, um, and we just took pictures that we took, um, and one photo from a friend, and we taped it all together, and we just started doing it, and it was a very... It was a great way to to um, process our our grief, and it was very cathartic, but it was very emotional. I mean, it was – I can't even really talk about it still, like, yeah. without yeah. – you know, because, you know, we would go – one time we stopped to pick up a friend, and there was a wall 10 feet high, a block long of just garbage piled up, Yeah, you know, and when we worked, because it's watercolor, it has to lie flat on a table. Right. So one person would work right side up, standing on one side of the table. The other right. person would work upside down on the other side of the table. And after about a half an hour, we'd change spots and and reverse the process. So um, Deb took a big leap of faith, used her painting skills amazingly in a, you know, because watercolor isn't her medium, but she learned really fast and did a wonderful job painting it with me. Yeah, it's a very powerful piece. Um, is that usually the approach that you take? And I'm just thinking about the physical logistics of both of you working on the same piece. Is it always you're kind of at opposite ends at the same time well, and switch it up? Or do yeah. you sometimes work on it? I'm going to talk about the, the uh, abstract. Yeah, our you know, abstracts were like that. We, mm. we did, um, I, use, I do this process called dynamic group drawing, where it's a group going around a table, it's like musical chairs almost, where people move around the, the paper. And, um, you know, I say move, and whether you're done or not, and we don't, we're not frightened of drawing on top of other people's stuff. And, and um, it, it ends up being exactly what happened with us was for, I, I mean, almost a year, we worked on abstract, just experimenting with shapes, colors, different medium you know, trying to decide on the medium. And I think that that really kind of loosened us both up. And our our guiding principle was that you could add to what the other person had already drawn, but you couldn't erase or deface what the other person had already done. Right. So it 
created an appreciation for the other person's gesture, their choice of color, the kind of shapes that they drew. And we got to know that we shared a lot of the same iconography in our work, seeds, leaves, Olives. moons. What's that? Olives. Olives. Olives, <laughs> showed, up. Olives <laughs> showed up all the time. <laughs> Well, I had run into Zan in the gallery yesterday, and, and I had remarked to her that in the exhibition, there are pieces that each of you have done that are solo works. Yeah. So my thought was, oh, I can take some visual cues from this, and then when I look at the collaborative pieces, I'll be able to tell who did what. And I was studying them, and you, I could not. Um, it really does, I, I think, speak to the spirit of true collaboration and sort of, as you were saying, respecting what the other person has done, but also adding something to it in a way that doesn't take away from what the other one has done. It's not, it's not something just any two artists paired together could do. Um, it's, not, it's not easy. And, you know, we had ups and downs and we came out of it close friends, yeah. closer than we were before. It's like a, a, a relationship. At the opening, Sans like, I feel like we just had a wedding or something. You yeah. know, it's, like, it's like all of a sudden, you know, I mean, we're working it towards it for three years. But um, I look at it like, I mean, in ancient times, there was a lot of communal art. I mean, that's how the, the community worked together. And I was lucky enough when I taught in Philadelphia, I had a group of women in Germantown, and we did some amazing stuff collaboratively. I think it's, I look at it as like jazz. Mm. Like we we interpret each other's movements. If, if we see a fish, if we see water, if we see an olive, you know, we enhance it like, like San said. But um, I think that singularity of an artist is kind of something that we were kind of brought up with in the gallery system. But I think it's starting to change where people are, you know, I mean, and I, like I said, I mean, we played music, we played the blues and jazz while we were working and stuff. I mean, that all influenced us, you know, and each other. So it was nice. I mean, it's 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 great because it, it's a very solitary thing to do a lot of art. Yeah, yeah. So it was really nice. Like I would go down to Zan's house, and and I would be looking forward to it, and it would be like we would both zone out. I would be one side, she'd be on the other side. We'd be playing some really good blues or something and and really i mean it was like the time just went by like two hours went by and there was no you know what are you doing or any of that you know yeah yeah did you take trips around pine island just to kind of gain inspiration or you know since you live there you didn't need to specifically do it for that we've reason. just done that like yeah. we have done that quite a bit and uh dog shared photograph too. yes shared photographs walked our dogs together um and as an artist, you're constantly taking photographs of things that you want to capture and then translate them into paintings. So we often did that. Yeah. Tell me about the title of the exhibit, We Contain Multitudes. What was the inspiration for or, or the meaning behind that? Yeah, um, that's what taken from Walt Whitman, mm -hmm. you know, um, Song of Self, you know, Blades of Grey, you know. Um, I don't know. It It, it just... Again, I, I don't I just see art as, you know, you have an idea and um, then what medium fits that idea more than anything. And um, I contain multitudes Zan contains multitudes in, a, as I said, you know, to me, the inspiration is there's the idea and then what medium is going to fit 
that idea and what will what can you flush that out with? So I guess that's what I meant by that. And going back to the image of the single human cell mm. imagery that we were inspired by in the first place, it helped us expand our sense of self so that there was no limitation mm. to the things that we could put out there. And we didn't feel like things had to belong together in a tight, cohesive way, the way many art shows are. Yes. So it opened up the possibilities of where we could experiment. Yeah. Deb, your, your, your contributions to the exhibition, you know, from a solo perspective are so interesting and unique. I loved your take on the prayer flags. And I know you got kind of the more classical arts education and, uh, you know, the Pennsylvania Academy of, of Fine Arts in Philadelphia. But where did you start to gravitate towards, you know, the liquid dyes on silk? Um. I got out of art school, was totally broke, and I worked for an art-to-wear place called Turtle Dove. And one day a woman sent in some hand-painted silk scarves, and I was I thought to myself, and I don't – but I was like, I can do that. I can maybe do that better. And I started – and that was in 96, I think. So, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I've done Z-Wear scarves for – since then, I've done like all the big New York shows, you know, the wholesale shows and everything – and really, I'm, I'm the only one I know that does that exact direct painting of the silk. I literally stretch it out like canvas and directly paint with a brush. The dye is thickened. It's just a canvas. Yeah. It just happens to be dye. And I got to tell you, color in, in silk, because it goes in the molecule of the silk, there's nothing like it. It's like iridescent. Yeah. You know? It just vibrates. You know, that's another reason it's so excited to have this show at the Alliance because those lights really, you know, I encourage people to go see <laughs> just because the, the lighting is just beautiful. Yeah. It, so and, thank you. Of course. Yeah. And Zan, your your watercolor works. I mean, that's been your primary medium for a long time now. But when did you get into these large scale scroll type pieces that, that, that you've kind of become famous for around here? Well, I saw a magazine at the grocery store one day in the checkout line, had an article that was 10 pages long by a poet that I wanted to read. And the illustration across the top of those 10 pages was a Chinese scroll. And I said, I could do that. Just like Deb said, I could do that. I bought the biggest piece of paper I could find, which happened to be a 30-foot roll of Arches watercolor paper. Hmm. And I owned it for a whole year before I knew how to paint on it because I didn't have a table big enough. So now I have a table that fits it and uh, not 30 feet long, four by four, but... You got to work on it in sections. That's yes. correct. Yeah. So Deb and I didn't actually see our giant painting until the day that we installed it, uh, totally unrolled. Oh my gosh. Wow. I mean, so you have an idea in your head, but yes. you... Wow. You had the same experience everybody else is going to have yeah. when they go <laughs> to see it. Oh, that's great. And so if anybody ever says, I don't have enough room to work, <laughs> I live in 550 square feet and I have a shed. That's my studio. And, and uh, you know, Zan's same same right. deal, you know. I mean, I'd love to have a huge studio, but you, 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 you know. Too. Yeah, you adapt <laughs> real yeah. quick when you have the fire in your belly to do something, you yeah. know. And Zan, I, I know from our last conversation on the show, you take your time with your work. Sometimes it can take months and months and months, especially when you're working on something so large. But 
when you're collaborating with another artist, when you have this definite timeline you have to meet. Um, how did that impact your process? Well, it's so interesting. One of my students at the Alliance today said, Zan, how come you didn't have more big paintings in the show? And I said, well, keep in mind that I did do 420 portraits of animals of the Everglades. <laughs> right. And I did, you know, several dozen collaborations with Deb, not to mention the the clothing line that we designed and the, you know. Um, so I just thought to myself, you know, I'm well represented here and number is not as important as just the cohesiveness and the beauty of all the pieces together. Yeah, you, you've talked about all the um, the animals represented, the indigenous wildlife here, and it's got me thinking. I'm a lot like you guys in the sense that I'm not a Southwest Florida native, but when I got here, I kind of dropped anchor, and it doesn't seem to matter how long I live here. I'm still just. Yeah spellbound by just the natural flora and fauna of this place. And I, I see that so much in your work. I'm curious about how each of you got here. Oh, well, I, did, I came down in uh, uh, 2004 or 5 in an RV with my, who was my boyfriend at the time. And we, we came down here and I spent six weeks here. And this was the when the economy down here was doing really well. And I, I went to all these shows and made tons of money with my scarves. And so I was thinking, well, why don't I move down here and then I can go up and go to the big shows in New York. And that's what I did. I moved down and um, yeah. So I and how can you not? I mean, it's just so beautiful. I mean, I worked out at North Captiva too for almost ten years, and I ran the gift shop. But you know, we lived on, we were on North Captiva, and you know, we had a friendly a blue heron, Fred, who would come and eat, you know, <laughs> French fries and shrimp. You know, yeah. I know we're not supposed to, but we stopped <laughs> feeding him. But you know, but anyway, um, yeah. I mean, it, it, I and I also, you know, want to protect that too. So I work, I work in that vein too, like to preserve our our beauty, the beauty around us, because the water is just amazing, and the dolphins. I mean, we, you know, who who sees dolphins? I'd see dolphins every day when I was riding home on the boat. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and you never take it for granted when you didn't grow no. up around. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Zan? Oh, my husband retired just a little bit before I did. So I gave him a list of things that I wanted when we moved away from the snow. And I said, I want uh, no snow. I want no traffic lights. I want to be able to kayak, ride my bike, walk anywhere to get anywhere I want to be. I want to live near family and I want to be in an artist community. And my husband found all those things sure did. on Pine Island. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> bingo, he got it. Yeah. Um, and, Deb, I'm curious about yeah. when you're starting a work, particularly your yeah. wearable art, yeah. do you need to have a clear idea of what the finished product is going to be when you start? No? I have to say that this is one of the – Zan taught me how to use a grid, and I taught Zan how to be more spontaneous because – I am definitely like where the where the piece leads me. Like this piece I'm wearing, which is uh, it's almost like a tunic, 
And um, it's lots of folds, and uh, it's silk, hand-painted silk by me. And I just let it, I put it on the, I, I draped it, what's called draped. I put it on the mannequin, and I just let it fall where it was. And um, I, I, most of my work is like that, even though it can, it can drive people nuts. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't have a clear, I just let the medium, you know, and the design take me. I mean, you know, there's basic composition. I mean, you were talking about the academy. I mean, we, you know, we drew from, you know, ancients, you know, casts, you know, Greek casts and all this stuff. I mean, we did that, all that tedious stuff. So that must have gotten in my brain. I kind of learned proportion and composition and stuff. Mm. Uh, well, and on the final day of this exhibition, I, I see you're going to be working with some students on like a group participation yeah. mural. Tell me about that project. Yeah, I'm going to do dynamic group drawing, which I did a lot in Philadelphia. I did, uh, I used it as a team building. I actually did it at Wharton Graduate School twice. Um, I had a friend that taught there, um, Michael London, and um, I did it on like retreats. uh, And I did it with like four-year-olds. I did it at Cigna. I did it, you know, I did it corporate and and everywhere in between with teachers. And um, the great thing about this is we go around, as I said, it's kind of like musical chairs. We go around, we roll out a piece of paper. We have markers, of course, those smelly markers, because that's the most important. <laughs> the smelly markers, like the black smells like licorice yes. and the blue smells like blueberry. And I don't care if you're an adult, people love it. So anyway, uh, we walk around and I just give simple instructions. Draw a circle, draw a square, do a rectangle. Now overlap something and in the end it looks like one hand did it and then I cut it up usually and give everybody peace and it's there's a lot of meanings in that you know that you know if we collaborate it it's a whole larger than its parts yeah. how's that well said yeah. yeah thank you well that is about all the time we have for today's show I know it goes fast um, but I want to thank my guests I've been speaking with artists Debs Wetch and San Lombardo their collaborative exhibition of works titled We Contain Multitudes is now at the Alliance for the Arts in Fort Myers through February 24th for more about the exhibit visit artinlee.org for more about Zan visit zanlombardo.com and to see some of Debs Wetch's beautiful wearable art aside from what's available in the exhibition itself visit zware.co Zan Lombardo and Debs Wedge, thanks so much for taking the time. Congratulations on the exhibition. Bravo. Oh, John, thank you so much. It was wonderful. Thank you. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website, wgcu.org slash gcl, or subscribe to our podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Our show today was produced by Jared Gonzalez and yours truly. Our director is Richard Chinqui. Our social media coordinator is Bianca Massoni. For now, thanks for listening. I'm John Davis. This is WGCU-FM, Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO Marco Island 91.7 FM, NPR for Southwest Florida.